Hey girl, you feel that? That's boyfriend material. This is episode 2, Blade Runner 2049 from 2017. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two. And this episode is brought to you by Gore-Tex. Today we talked to them, they, they uh, sponsored it because this is a new age, high-tech, waterproof, polymer fabric. It's made by, uh, fuck, what was, damn it. <laughs> I forgot the fucking who made it. I just, I had it, it was like Michelin or something. But it's commonly also known as Teflon. Oh. Yeah, so, hey, do you feel that? Is that, is that Gore-Tex? No, that's boyfriend material. All right, here we go. Yeah, just gonna throw a little. I went. I went with a new age fabric. I wanted something like fresh and fresh and new, something spicy, something hot, something sexy, something futuristic. Exactly, waterproof. I mean, come on, that's a big. That's a big plus for this movie. Super important. Super important. Absolutely. For this movie. Yeah. So now, before we get going, I do want to say that we are going to spoil. Obviously, we're going to spoil this movie because. Yeah. That's what we do here. But we're also going to spoil the original Blade Runner a little bit. I mean, we're not going to talk about it a lot, but I think to In talk context. about this movie, we have to talk about the original one. And so if you haven't seen the original one, I guess go watch that. You watched both back-to-back nights, right? Had you ever seen either of them before this week? Yeah, I've seen the original Blade Runner maybe once all the way through, and then bits and pieces of it a bunch of times. Okay. It's not a movie I was super familiar with. I like it. It's it's a good movie. Like I know, like I, Matt Matt loves it. He's seen it, you know, countless times. It's like a movie okay. that's totally up his alley. For me, Blade Runner. Has he ever watched it while drinking a beer out of his cooler? <laughs> Maybe, possibly, probably. For me, the movie, the colors are really nice, right? The movie has like a nice tone, and it puts me to fucking sleep, dude, every time. Not because it's boring, just because anything with blue lighting and soft tones just knocks me out. It's like liquid Benadryl, dude. It's just good. Yeah. So, yeah, so I watched it last night, and I, and I stayed up and, like, watched it. And they're also kind of okay. long, right? The original's two hours. Do you know which version of the original you watched? Yes, I definitely went with Final Cut. That's the version okay, that I watched. Good one. Yeah, yep. the good yep. one. Not the director's cut, not the theatrical cut. I went with Final Cut. I don't think I've either seen other ones. Like, I've only seen Final Cut. So there's, like, four or five, and when you buy the Blu-ray, you get all of them. Oh, really? Yeah. The 4K version, which I just bought, which I did not watch. I was going to watch, and then I didn't watch, because I saw the original for the first time in 10 years before I saw this one in theaters. Okay. But when you buy the Blu-ray, you see all of them. And apparently, for this film, the director, Denis Villeneuve, who did Arrival... Do you know this is the guy who did Arrival? No, I didn't. Um, I was talking about it with uh, Rachel in the car today. Um, she started watching this movie. I watched it today. She started watching it while she was home, because uh, she's working tonight. We were talking about whether or not this was Ridley Scott. And I was like, I don't think it is, because they kind of want to make a big deal out of it. So no, I didn't know that. It makes sense that it's a dude that did Arrival. It kind of feels like it. So he was. So Ridley Scott was supposed to do this one, and then he wound up doing Alien Covenant instead. But he still stayed on as an executive producer and sent a, like you know contributor or onset person or whatever for this one. Okay. But Denis Villeneuve, who did Arrival, who did. I think he did Sicario, I think. Yeah. I mean, he's done a ton of awesome movies. And we loved Arrival. We really loved Arrival. We loved Arrival. Yeah. Sicario, Prisoners, Enemy, um, and then, you know, his original Spanish-language ones like Incendies, I haven't seen, but, you know, he's great at what he does. Once again, for the second episode of Boyfriend Material, you know, two for two now, these are two very, very, very popular movies very popular on Letterboxd, very popular on yeah. IMDb. There's like 126 yeah. things trivia for this. Wow, that's a ton. Okay. A lot of them, yeah, I think it's as it's probably as many as La La Land, if not more. And a lot of them are about 
how the original translates to here, but there's also a bunch of quotes in there about what Denis Villeneuve was saying about how he felt about doing this. And he was saying that, you know, he has such respect to the original, he was a little bit, you know, scared to take up the task. But he yeah. was saying that in terms of, to bring it back around, in terms of the original, the cuts of the first movie, he said that he loves the original cut and he loves the final cut, where the original cut is a man falling in love with a girl, and the final cut is a man trying to figure out if he's a replicant or he's a human being. And he okay. said that the sort of the two styles of those cuts are what inspired him or what prompted him or the way that he told the story for this movie. Interesting. So there's also a rumor that there's going to be more, like there's going to be a longer cut of this, but he wow, said no. that's exactly they, what I don't want, but okay. The two hour and 44 minute version, which we watched for this, is the cut. I would watch more. I love this movie. Did you like this movie? I really did. I liked it. It feels like Blade Runner. I mean, it has that nice, it has a nice pace. It's, it's, it is slow, but the pace is good. You know what I mean? Like, right. the, it compares to the original, so I was expecting yep. a slow pace like this. It's soft and yes. calm. I did like it, because it, they're beautiful. They're just like, you know, they're fucking brain porn. You know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. just colors and just, like, soft palettes and, like, interesting lighting and shit. Like, I love all of it. Um, Like, considering we were just watching, you and I have just been watching um a bunch of Fincher movies, it's in the same tones, literally in the same tones as the Fincher movies. Yeah. yeah, I did like it. The only problem is this is the only first time I've watched it, so I kind of, like, want to talk through the plot a little bit Yes, to, like, help. I, I would like you to help me figure out what was going sure. on a little bit. The main difference in plots from, before we even get into your questions, so the first movie, if you watch the final cut, is Harrison Ford as Deckard trying to figure out if he's, like, he is a Blade Runner who takes yes. out, you know, outdated replicants. So, like, when a robot goes, you know, gets outdated, goes awry, whatever, he goes and kills it. I mean, not that they're alive, but he kills it. Yeah. And so as the movie retires goes on, it. he tries he to figure it. out... Yes, he retires it. He goes on to figure out if maybe he's not human after all. And apparently, Ridley Scott believes that he is a replicant, but Harrison yes. Ford says, no, he's a human. Oh, I didn't know that Harrison Ford said he's a human, because just, like, a quick plug, I love Nerdwriter. I know that you do too, right? Yep, okay, yep. you and Matt love Nerd writer when i was watching it again or like when matt had watched it again he pointed out that nerd writer had done a whole video about blade runner right have you ever seen this have you seen this one no i don't think so no okay it's pretty good it's like a 10 minute video and it talks about like art house it talks about like all the themes in blade runner and like things that ridley scott did that were interesting you, you know how nerd writer does yeah 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 um so i watched that one for anybody listening go check out i think it's i think he's nerd writer one on he's YouTube. nerd writer one on youtube yes if you just search blade runner nerd writer on youtube you can find that he also he also did a great one about arrival another denis villeneuve Tons, related yeah. thing you know what i mean he, so. and he does great movies he has songs and yeah. everything he's a he's a good dude to watch i'm very fascinated his and his videos are amazing like he has great editing skills and shit so yes okay so i was watching the nerd writer video and he cut at the end of the movie i was you know debating whether or not harrison ford is a replicant right right which is what you're supposed to do you're, you're, you're not supposed to leave definitively it's sort of like the end of inception like does the top fall or is the top not fall right like exactly it, it either way yeah because you never really see harrison ford's eyes so you don't see that like you know what i mean like the lights never on them you don't get the idea of it right but there's a reason why the other replicant would save him but okay it makes sense he cuts in the scene of ridley scott saying like he's definitely a replicant and i'm like holy fuck okay cool so like (laughs) problem solved (laughs) like i do think it's kind of cool that harrison ford thinks that he's human because like if you ask deckard himself right like you're like are you human or not you'd be like of course i'm human like like, what kind of question is that you know what i mean like he he so believes in himself now that you say that when you watch this movie think about it he kind of is right 
Right. Because think, the replicants all had, what, four-year lifespans. He's still alive. Yep. He created another being. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he's as human as you get. Like, you still don't have a definitive answer, but I think this movie kind of pushes it beyond, I can believe he's human after this one, as much as Ridley Scott says otherwise. And also, I think the question that this movie raises, and I guess both movies kind of raise, but, like, does it really matter? Right? Like, does no. it, it doesn't no, matter? Does it doesn't really matter. It doesn't fucking matter. And this is why this was the scene when fucking Goss looks at the dog and goes, is it real or not? And he goes, ask him, like, what the fuck does it matter if the dog's yeah. real or not? We're just in this world now, so. And so what's cool about this movie, well, it's sort of like a smart uh, inversion or subversion of the first movie, is that from the jump, from the opening scene, which apparently was a scene that was originally written for the first movie, and that the Gosling part was going to be played by Harrison Ford, like that whole farmhouse takedown but it got cut from that movie, so they just used it here, which is really cool. Wait, so, like, the whole first one, when he meets the first replicant... Yes. And he just, like, kills him, and he's like, you've never seen a miracle like that? Yep, that like was that originally whole from the first movie, supposedly. Okay, wow, okay. From that scene, we're told, oh, no, he's a replicant. Partway through the movie, we're like, oh, wait, maybe not. And, like, he's trying to figure out if he's human. It's basically the same question he's wrestling with, but it's the inverse. I didn't think that it was, was he a human? I thought it was, was he a replicant baby? Well, like, was, is human. there something, like, was he born? Yeah, was he born? Yeah, like, not, like, And made. that's the whole thing. Yeah. When your girl Claire Underwood says to him, like, I need you to go take care of this. He's like, well, I've never retired anything that was born. Born like, before. Well, she's like, it has well, a soul. What difference does that make? Yeah, yeah, it was born with a soul. Exactly. So that's the thing. It's sort of like, is he more than just a replicant or is he a replicant or whatever? And the movie leads you down that path of, like, yes, it's him. And then at the, at the very end, you find out, no, it's not him. Yeah, it's not even at the very end, dude. There's, like, 40 minutes after we find out yes. that it's not well, yeah. him. There's a whole lot of movie here before and after everything. <laughs> yeah, there is. Yeah, it's that's why I'm, like, I mean, they could have tightened it up for sure. I don't mind it, I though. don't mind I'm it. I'm okay just sort of, like, living in this world for three hours. Dude, I'm you know my fucking ADD. Like, I had to, like, stop. I like, I paused it at least ten times. Like, not because, like, I would like was bored or anything. It's just, like... I can't focus on anything for this long, so it's, like, hard for it. me to watch. So what questions do you have about the plot here? Okay. And hopefully I can answer them. Okay, so we have, like, the little fucking horse, right? Yes. The date is significant because it, it's his birthday? It's supposed to be his birthday, yes. Is it his birthday or the girl's birthday at the end? Do we know? It's the girl's birthday. So that girl who lives in that bubble, she's okay. got the immune system, and she's the one who, who creates false memories. Yes. Her job is to create these memories and implant them in replicants so they think they're human. He plays for her halfway through the movie i think i mean we don't see it but he plays for her a memory and she starts crying and she's like that's real that was implanted that wasn't that shouldn't have happened or whatever but okay yeah because some of the best memories are real is that she implanted her memory of hiding that horse into him so he thought it was him but it was actually her so he's remembering her past okay the people that like commission that they find in like the city with like the chick with the one eye right yeah i feel like they all have this girl's memories and they all kind of know that they're her memories right well i think they they know about her i think and that's that they sort of guide gods to her right yeah they know about her but i feel like they were like we all wished it was us like, they had the memories, too, and, like, they were struggling to figure out that, like, oh, no, we just know about her from her memories, not because it's her. Right, well, because at least, at least the main woman, if not all of them, were all replicants, right? Like, she removed her eyes so you couldn't tell, or it was taken out or whatever. So it's all that same sort of idea there. Yeah. In a way. Okay. Another important thing to keep in mind, and what I like about this movie is sort of the same thing about the first one, is that when Denis Villeneuve was putting this together or whatever, he's talking to Ridley Scott, who I said was 
a producer and on set and everything, Ridley Scott said, make sure you leave in some mystery. They don't explicitly tell you what the girl did when she did it, whose memories are there. It's sort of like, you know enough to know it's not Gosling. It's this girl. This girl is Harrison Ford's daughter. That it's yeah. not, you know, a father-son movie. He, you know, it's just Gosling as a robot cop, basically investigating and sort of doing what he's told. Yeah, this is this is a cool movie because you're not omniscient, right? Like it's not like you know right. more than the characters. You actually know yes. less than any of the characters. You're just like right. watching. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I I, I enjoy that so, part yeah. of it. So that is very very cool. Yeah. Any other questions, or do you have, or is that is your? I'm trying uh, to think. I'm gonna think through as we keep talking. I'll figure some more out. Like I was trying to figure out like how much of this memory was real, and then he, like, finds the horse so he knows that it's a real memory but doesn't know if it's his or not. Right. And then, like... Yes. Then he goes and finds Harrison Ford. The imaginary girlfriend thing was pretty cool. I like that. So, yeah, he finds Harrison Ford because he brings the horse to Bakhtar Abdi, uh, a.k.a. I'm the captain now. Yes, he does. Yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was I'm the captain now. And he says, oh, this is real wood. He's like, you're rich. If you want a real horse, I can get you a real horse for this. And he's like, no, I just need to know where that's from. And he's like, there's only one place that's this you know, radioactive, that's, that's this dirty, what they say. And it's Las Vegas. <laughs> so they go to Las Vegas, and oh. Gosling meets up with Harrison Ford. That's where, you know, that's how he finds him, because he's trying to find where the wood came from. Because he knows it's important. He's trying to figure out where it came from originally. Uh, so that's how he gets there, yeah. I didn't realize it was Las Vegas. It, like, I, did I miss that somehow? Or are you just guessing that? I don't think what? they explicitly say it, but like he's living in a casino. You know, there's Elvis on stage. There's Marilyn Monroe. It's sort of this like yeah, really sort of showboaty. There's some names. I think I don't think it's you know I don't think it ever says like you know there's a title card. Like we see them when they fly from Los Angeles. Like when they go to that junkyard, right? Like they say you know, leaving Los Angeles, now they're in the San Diego district of the Los Angeles dump or whatever. Like, they have on screen the title cards. When he gets, like, pulled down? Yes. Mm-hmm. Why does he get pulled down, by the way? Do we know? I think just because, like, they're, like, you know, it's enemy aircraft over their territory or something. Like, I think they're just, you know, scavengers. And they see this flying car, they're like, oh, that's parts for us or whatever. Okay. I don't think there's more to it than that. I think they're just, like... I felt like I missed something in the movie, because, like, I even rewinded and rewatched that part. I was like, did I fucking I don't miss so. something? Okay. I don't think so. Okay. I think it's just that, like, you know, he's out on a joy ride with his girlfriend, and they are just flying over this place, and they're like, oh, there's parts, or there's a bad guy, or whatever they're thinking. And then that's when love, you know, firebombs all them and sort of saves him. Like, there's so many different groups in this movie trying to figure yeah. out who this kid is and, like, where the kid is now and, like, the story of it all. And, like, and she's employed by Jared Leto, who... Dude, I really want to talk of, about this. Go ahead. I'm glad you brought him up. Yeah. One thing that was really cool that I didn't realize until I read through the trivia is that, you know, in this world, we see how valuable wood is, right? Like, you know, Dr. Arby's like, oh, you can have a real horse this little wood horse. And if you look at Jared Leto's house, it's an, it's entirely made of wood. Like, that's just uh, showing off how I didn't even wealthy make he is. This I didn't even make this connection. Yeah, neither did I. Last night, as we're rewatching the movie, Rachel and I are watching yeah, it. Yeah, the first one. The first one. As yeah. I'm watching it, the fuck, like, the last replicon that, like, saves him, the whole movie, I'm like, dude, this part was made for Jared Leto. Like, this is so <laughs> Jared, I, like, and I hadn't seen this movie yet, and I'm like, this movie, yeah. like, I was like, 
God, Rachel, can you imagine this is like so Jared Leto, right? And she's like, yep, a thousand percent agree with you. And I'm like, okay. And then like, as I'm watching the movie today, this one, yeah, she had yeah. only watched like an hour of it or something. And it's so, like, as I get to the part that like Jared Leto's in, I'm like, motherfucking Jared Leto's in this one. <laughs> like, I knew it. I called it. Come I on. was imagining him as the, do you, is the, don't you think that'd be a good fit? The yeah. blonde guy from the last one, like the, like the, a mm-hmm. lot of shirtless, like a lot of like, like the, just like the facial structure of them both is like similar but like Jared Leto is like a little bit prettier you know what I mean yeah so I think that it would have worked he was just I mean what he was probably like 10 when this one came out or something if that I mean there was I deleted the trivia but there was like a handful of the main actors in this movie like including Ana de Armas who plays Joy and Bakhtar Abdi and a couple other people who just weren't even born when the original came out but they were all born since that movie so because the movie came out 35 years ago you know damn so. oh that's right holy fuck 82 I can't yep. believe that it's that long ago okay so in this movie, in the sequel, the Jared Leto part was originally Denis Villeneuve wanted David Bowie, but David Bowie died before they could start shooting. They also oh. considered... Oh, that's really interesting. David Bowie would have been a good pick for this, too. They're essentially the same kind of so guy, too. right? Yeah. It would have been... I told my other friend that, and he said uh, it would have been a little... He also would have been a little bit uh, hammy or campy or sort of over the top, which I think is kind of like, kind of the point? I don't know. But they also considered, before they cast Jared Leto, they also cast uh, considered Gary Oldman and Ed Harris. Who are they? Gary Oldman? Gary Oldman is Commissioner Gordon from the Batman movies. Okay. Uh, he's also the bad guy in Leon, which is awesome, which I think we need to do for film. Yeah, that makes point. sense. No, I think Jared Leto's a little bit better than that. And who else did you say? And Ed Harris is, uh, he's in Mother. He is the first guy Ooh. who shows up to the house. He's basically Is he the man Adam. in the black hat and from... What? And from Westworld, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you seen Westworld? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, he, w- yes, he would be good. I mean, he's a little bit too bad, right? Like, he's almost, like, too evil. Like, Jared Leto is kind of, like, somewhere in between. I don't think he's really, like, evil, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think Ed Harris could also play good. But, yeah, I mean, like, Jared Leto, like, went sort of crazy in this. Like, he wore those, like, white contact lenses that he couldn't see out of and, like, was in character the entire time on set. Didn't see most of the people that he was. He, like, dove into this part and, like, went crazy for it. So, you know, we, we know how twisted he is from Suicide Squad, where he, you know, was sending his castmates, like, dog shit or whatever he was sending them you know while they were filming that movie yeah we know that he is pretty crazy but yeah so let's talk about our main man gaz and specifically his relationship with joy who is this the perfect woman robot she's like a hologram right yeah she's a hologram that's like everything i want in a woman like you could turn her off she just (laughs) this is terrible what what well that's it that's the end of my list that you can just turn them off you just want to be able to turn a woman off yeah just boop like a remote. If I could just mute Rachel some... Uh, she doesn't even talk that much. But if I could just mute her, it'd be pretty good. <laughs> Terrible. She mumbles. She mumbles a lot. Actually, most of the time, I just want to like put on subtitles. If I could just put subtitles on Rachel, it'd be a lot easier in my house. <laughs> <laughs> so you know Ana de Armas is uh, from Knock Knock, and she's also from that Keanu movie that you were on the podcast for, Exposed, that one where it turns out that you know she's suppressing oh, she's the, little the girl. memory of her getting raped. That's yep. right. Oh, that makes, she's I didn't great. know that. She Yeah, but she's great, and I think she's beautiful. She's, like, super gorgeous. She is. Yeah. What I love about her in this movie that reminds me, have you seen, I don't think you have, because I think we would have talked about it. Did you see Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets? No, I didn't. So in that movie, Rihanna plays this alien that's, like, a shapeshifter alien. Like, she's a dancer, and she just, like, goes back and forth between all these outfits. And, like, in this movie, we have Ana de Armas as Joy, you know, as, like, the 50s housewife, and then she instantly morphs to, like, sort of, 
comfortable, like, cute, casual, like, lounging around. Then she puts on the dress to go dancing and then goes back to the lounge. Like, it's just, like, this cool, crazy what you can do with technology where it's just, like, this morphing. And then later in the movie, when she body melds with uh, Mackenzie Davis, the prostitute. That is so weird. That, like, that is great. That's bonkers special effects. Yeah. No, it's great. The special effects are amazing. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I wasn't hyper-impressed with the idea of changing costumes i was more impressed with like how dead on they felt and it was like really cool that you could just like insta change her to like different time periods and she she looked great in all of them too so like that was like oh wow like she like fits every single time period absolutely but the whole like overlapping shit and actually just even like the hologram and them like making it so like when she turns her hand it like kind of flinches and then comes back like that's that is crazy special effects and it it was a really cool touch to the movie we have a game later that we're going to play again you know the most and least boyfriend material moments but do you think overall is he boyfriend material in this movie is their relationship you know they're neither of them are human but do you think that he uh he's boyfriend material in this movie i think that you need to analyze his relationship with her and with the hooker was she a hooker she was yeah Okay. In that sense, I think that he was pretty boyfriend material. Yeah, I think so too. You know, I don't want to get into specifics, but I think he treats her well. He he clearly loves her. You know, whatever the relationship is, he wants her to be happy. Yeah, you see it ultimately. This isn't like a best or worst boyfriend material moment. You see that he does love her when they smash the pen. Yeah. Like in that moment, like just with his eyes, you see that like he's hurt and this sucks for him. He knows enough about love to be hurt in that moment. Yeah, exactly. So I definitely think he's. What about you? Do you think he's boyfriend? You think he's boyfriend material? I think so. Absolutely, yeah, no, because he, he wants her to be happy. Yeah, that's right. And he's, like, watching out for her with the, like, don't go yeah. in this thing, I want you to live for, like, longer than me, and stuff like yep. that in case I die. Yeah, it's, yeah, I think it's pretty conclusive. I don't think anybody would, like, argue against this one. Oh, did you notice uh, your boy Avon Barksdale in this movie? I absolutely did. I took very few notes on this movie, and one of them is, oh, shit, Avon and Claire Underwood, and that was it. <laughs> Like, when you came out with the Claire Underwood, thank you for that, because yep. you knew that that's what it was going to be. I wish there was more Avon in this movie. When I saw him, I got Maybe really too. excited. Like, I thought there was going to be, like, a lot of Avon, and it turns out that there was just, like, you know, that one scene. Although, I don't know. I mean, like, I've never seen him. I don't think I don't think I've seen him in anything other than The Wire, and so I'm not sure if he would fit in this world. I wish he would have been, like, a parts dealer. Like, he would have sold, like, bootleg, yeah, like, replicant parts, right? Like, he could have got you, like, the good eyes. You know what I mean? Like, that's what yeah. I'm hoping for. I'm cool with that. I like that. That's what I was imagining. He could have been, like, a really good dirty cop, right? So, like, that's why I was, like, hoping for... Oh, well. Oh, you know what I really... So, so actually, so two other things about Gosling. I'm just going through my notes right now. Two other things about Gosling important. Number one, I should have said this at the top of the, at the, top of the program. In our honorary co-pilot, co-captain seat, we have Joe 3. I mean, his name in this movie is Kay, but he goes by Joe. So, I mean, Dude. we got Joey, we got Joe 2, we got Joe 3. And his mom's name is Rachel. How creepy is it? I was so freaked Super out when creepy. I figured... Well, not his mom, but the mom. You know, for a while, I yeah. thought it was his mom. And I was like, oh, fuck. This is so weird. And I like Joe and Joy as that, you know three-letter, almost the same name, power couple. I like that a lot. Yeah. The other thing that I thought was cool that I think you would sort of appreciate is that, like, he's a cop, and he's, like, you know, this, a robot, but he's also kind of, like, a science nerd. Like, he's going through, like, that DNA and going through the GC, like, the... Oh, the microfilm? The New Age microfilm kind of situation. I did like that this version touched on genetics. 
Yeah. Because they kind of talk about genetics in the first one with the eyes, and, like, I made some of the genetics for this, but, like, him going through, like, the microfilm of just, like, very, very tiny piece of DNA, apparently, that they fingerprint you from. It was really cool. It was a really, that was actually a really, like, one of my favorite lines of the movie. She says to him, the alphabet of you, all from four symbols, I'm only two. And he says back to her, Half as much, but twice as elegant, sweetheart. You might just be ones and zeros, but you're twice as beautiful as we are. And also, why the fuck doesn't he tell her that he's a replicant? I think she knows. Do you don't think she knows? She says the recipe of you is four letters. He's not made of four letters. He's made of two. Well, I don't know. Because replicants can't have... They don't have DNA. That's the whole point. They're fucking robots. So robots are ones and zeros. So I think that she believes that he's human. And she also says at another point, too, that, like, we're not the same because you're real or something. Well, that's really sad. Or does it not matter? I guess it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, yeah. It absolutely doesn't matter. But, like, I want to know what was his insecurity about not telling her that he's also not real. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe they just didn't get around to it. You know, they're going to spend... They can literally spend eternity together unless he has... you know, he ends his life cycle, so... She's like, you told me this memory of your childhood so many times, but then at the same time, he, like, she doesn't know that he's not real. That was a part that I was hung up on, I was hoping you could explain, but I guess it's just, like, it, not that you can't explain it, just that it's not explained. Right, 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 right. Oh, another cool thing about him, another cool character trait is that he's, I mean, he's a robot, so, but he's always really calm under pressure. Like, when we were talking before, like, when he gets hit with that harpoon, like, the the sail or the kite or whatever. Yeah. It's basically like an EMP, like, all the power goes out, you know, even the power in his little yeah. emanator that Joy is in. No, that's a little nod to. Uh, well, the Matrix, I thought of, but what are you thinking of? Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, When they shoot Brian's yeah. car with the EMP. Yep. Duh. Yep. I can't believe you didn't think of that. Where's your fucking head at? Jeez. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I think I actually did think of that while watching the movie, but I just, you know, right now all I can think of was, in, you know, under pressure, went to the Matrix. He's in a flying car that has no power, that's crashing to Earth, and he's just, like, super fucking cool and calm and collected and just, like, you know, flicks that lever or whatever and, like, just tries to rescue himself and then, you know, crashes hard, but he's fine. But it was just like, yeah. oh, like, he's, like, totally calm, which is, you know, just super cool to watch him on screen. He kind of plays this really calm character a lot. Like, I mean, I know we haven't gotten to, like, a lot more of those movies, but just reflecting back on La La Land, his character was pretty calm. I think he's, he's calm in a lot of movies. Yeah, he plays this, like, the strong silent type, you know? Like, because yep. when we see him, like, in La La Land, and he's, like, yelling about the furniture, he's not, like, flustered as much as he's just, like, acting like he's yelling. I think that he's just, like, maybe probably a naturally calm kind of guy, or just a quieter guy. Well, he is Canadian, so there's that. That's right. But that, that also, like, makes him, like, not in this movie, because he's pretty calm in this whole movie, but, like, you know, there, I don't remember what scene it is in La La Land where he goes, like, what? And, like, when he does freak out, like, it's accentuated <laughs> because he's so, so calm. Funny. I agree, The rest yeah. of the time. But, yeah, like, I mean, like, you know, his other big roles, like Drive, like, as Driver, he's really calm, and Only God Forgives, he's really calm, he barely has any words in that movie, like, you know, in all these movies, he's just, like, the cool, calm guy, so we'll have to, we'll have to keep an eye on that and see if he sort of breaks from that mold. Yeah. You know, speaking of La La Land, what I did like is that we get, very, very briefly, we get a return to keyboard gaz, that he plays two pianos. Oh, I know, he hits, like, two keys, clues. and I was waiting for it, I was waiting for <laughs> it, too, I was like, come on, give me that good, give me that good flashback, you put me in your jazz club, yep. chicken on a stick, I wanted to see it. Sebs. Sebs, chicken on stick. Instead of saying Joe, like she's like, you need, you need a real name, like Seb. And it's just like, oh, <laughs> they're the same person. I know that'd have been really awesome. I wish you'd done some tap dancing in this movie too. <laughs> 
if there would have been some musical breakouts in this, that would have been really great. You know, he just, like, skips awesome. to the car. When she said dance with me, I was like, oh, I was so waiting for it. I was waiting for, like, a nice so gauze. A nice gauze dance. And whipped out that present. Yeah. And then, you know, his his last sort of heroic act in the movie is that he, he goes and saves Harrison Ford from the sinking car, right? Like, he, uh... That's, that's yeah. all really... It's kind of confusing, because they're maybe all robots. Him and Love and Deckard. Can they die? I guess they can die, but, like... Yeah, but, dude, what the fuck... Okay, so, yeah, this is, this is like, a general qualm I have with Blade Runner, is that they're eating. Like, why the fuck do robots need to eat, and why the fuck do robots need air? This doesn't make any sense to me. If there's a lack of food in the world, why the fuck are robots eating? Well, I don't think they're eating a ton. Like, he's eating that, like, that gloop or whatever, right? Like, he's drinking oh, those are, like, coffee. soba like, noodles. Think... Those are soba noodles. Oh, okay. I think that they do that, though, to, like, maybe make humans feel more comfortable. Because you can see, like, in the beginning of the movie, the cops that he works with all hate him. They call him, like, you know, skin job and skinner and, like, you know... Yeah, You're, you're, you're yeah, wearing yeah, skin, yeah. but you're not real. And I think, my guess, and I don't know if it's ever explained, they do human-like things like eat and breathe and drink and whatever. That's what makes them seem real to the outside world like they don't need to but if you just had something you know just like sitting there like it'd be weird would it i would just be like hey it's a fucking robot like i don't feed my roomba you know like i'm not fucking weirded out by this what's also a little not coincidental maybe but maybe in a year or two on this podcast we're gonna get to lars and the real girl where you know he's in love with a doll and like that's sort of i mean not a robot and there's a lot of talk also in this movie about joy wanting to be a real girl and there's a lot of trivia on that about about that on imdb there's a line that in in real life today like you know robots are becoming more and more advanced but like most americans according to like surveys and studies like most americans are afraid of robots like they're afraid that they're going to lose jobs to them. They're afraid that they're going to take over. And, like, I think the closer you can make you these robots to humans... You already did lose jobs humans, to robots. Like, this is... Well, yeah. <laughs> robots are eventually going to take all the jobs. I just hope that all the people that are scared of robots embrace the future. What might be the, one of the cooler scenes in the movie, and that, that actually happens twice, is that when they're... He's sort of doing his decompression to get his baseline. And that's, you know, within cells, interlinked, within cells, interlinked, 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 within cells, within cells. Yeah. Like, all those. The, the text of the baseline that he must recite quote blood black nothingness began to spin a system of cells interlinked within cells interlinked within cells interlinked within one stem and dreadfully distinct against the dark a tall white fountain played is from vladimir nabokov's pale fire which is a poem which is actually what joy volunteers she's like read this to me remember she picks up that book in the apartment so that's from that but what's cooler about that, what I think you're going to like me. about that, is that Gosling, it was his idea, he employed an acting technique called, quote, dropping in, which induced a trance-like and hypnotic effect on his performance. So I don't know if that was not in the script at all, or I don't know if that was something he was just doing otherwise or whatever, but like, it's cool that he brought that to the movie in some regard, that they put the book in the movie. It's also just like yeah. a really weird, creepy, cool scene, because like, you don't really know what you're looking for, but then when you see him slip up, you're like, oh, I get it now. You know, like his hesitations, right? Like his, yeah. he's thinking about things that aren't, that he shouldn't be thinking about. Yeah, exactly. Like, you should be mind on the prize type situation. I thought it was cool. You know, you kind of feel what's going on, but it also feels like the natural evolution of what Harrison Ford was doing in the original Blade Runner, right? Yes. He's asking them questions. As they get more advanced, you start rapid firing questions at them and, like, keep changing the parameters slightly to, like, see if they can stay within them, you know? Yeah, it's like a it's like a simplified or a streamlined Voight-Kampf, right? Like sort of a, like the test that he gives, right? You're saying? Yeah, and I was thinking about it like it actually kind of reminded me of like recapture, 
You know what I mean? Like, when you're, like, trying to oh. log in. Like, it felt really <laughs> much like... What? No, yeah, I mean, it's just... It's a weird place to go, but yeah, you're right. Like, that's what it felt like to me. Like, they were, like, trying to... Like, you know what I mean? Like, try again, try again, type again, type again, type again. Like, you know what yep. I mean? You know, you have 30 seconds to answer this, answer this, answer this, answer... Like, that's what it felt like to me. That's how it was relatable to, like, you know, checking in for myself. What I did like about this movie a lot, a lot, a lot... In the first one, it's it's very Japanesey, right? Yes. But not yeah. in the same sense as this one. This one's like they they just like took like a little bit even more Japanesey spread on it. Like he's eating noodles. Jared Leto is basically like an old Asian man. Yeah, Jared Leto is like an old Asian man. If you notice that there's like a lot of Japanese language in a lot of the things, as opposed yep. to like in the last one, like I guess maybe there was, but in this one, it's like you know the LAPD, like all the forms are like half in Japanese, and like the casinos in Japanese, and like all this other stuff. And I thought it was really cool that you see this progression, like the Japanese kind of took over. I don't know if you noticed, but like the birthday cake that in that recreation like the the lettering was japanese oh and no i did most of the kids at that table were white kids i mean there were a couple a couple of little asian girls there but like there's also a scene when he's talking to the micro with a microfilm when he's talking to it it responds to him in japanese and he responds in english well that's the same thing like he's talking to bakdar abdi and like he's speaking that like subtitled language that the prostitutes also speak and like it's some other i don't know i don't think it's japanese i think it's just something else whatever it is it seems like they all understand each other even though they're speaking different languages yeah which is pretty cool but i i yeah. did like like, all the use of, like, how much Japanese they got in it, because I'm a fan. And it was appropriate, considering next Too Fast, Too Forever is going to be Tokyo, Tokyo Drift. Drift. So yep, in 10 days, or 11 days. Shout out. Shout out to Tokyo shout Drift. Out. Those guys are awesome. Go listen to their podcast. Speaking of cars, uh, Officer K's Gosling's flying car is a Peugeot. It is? It's a Peugeot? Peugeot, a French automotive brand. Well, I know what Peugeot is. You know why? Because you know cars? Not because of that at all. Because... Peugeot makes the world's best pepper grinders you can buy. The car company makes those, or is it a different company? Yes. No, it's the car company. Cool. Peugeot makes the world's best pepper grinders. So Rachel cool. has uh, like $100 worth of salt and pepper grinders made by Peugeot <laughs> downstairs, and that's just two cool. of them, and they're the cheap like ones. It. And they're fucking awesome. They last forever. But yeah, they make like the greatest salt. I think they were actually the first company to ever make a pepper grinder, a pepper mill. Huh. I'm a fan of Peugeot. Relating... In a very roundabout way to that, also downstairs in your house, you have a lot of whiskey. I do. This is really cool. I want to talk about this, too. On set, Harrison Ford accidentally punched Ryan Gosling once. Do you remember punched that? Him? Do you remember news about that? No. Yeah, so they were they were filming something, and, like, he accidentally, like, you know, they're all, like, you know, stage fighting or whatever, and they're not supposed to be actually be fighting, but he, at one point, he accidentally punched Ryan Gosling in the face, and so he offered to split a bottle of whiskey with him. So, basically, it's like, a, hey, I'm sorry. Uh, I know I shouldn't have punched you. Here's some whiskey. They split whiskey in the movie. Is that part of the movie or not part of the movie? <laughs> it's all a dream. It's all, like, do androids dream of electric sheep? Like, do robots drink whiskey in real life or in the movie? Who knows? Blurred yeah. lines. I wanted to talk about the whiskey that they do drink, which is Johnny Walker, which is actually, like, blended scotch. That's my dad's drink of choice. Really? He likes Johnny Walker? Black? Red? Black. Ugh, it's rough. Does he just drink it straight? On the rocks with a twist. Ugh, okay. Yeah. I know, I don't, I, 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 I'm not into it. I am. I like bourbon. I like scotch. Johnny Walker Black is like, I love Jack Daniels. I mix it. All the old guys will 
debate me about it, but Jack Daniels is not meant for like just drinking straight. Okay, like we have no old guy listeners. Apparently not. Probably not. Definitely not. Nobody's hearing your admission of guilt on this podcast. The same people that are scared of robots are not listening to this podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> or are they? Or are right in at boyfriend material. Boyfriend material at cageclub.me. Exactly. Send us hate mail. Tell us why robots are so frightening. <laughs> they have the bottle of Johnny Walker, right? And Johnny Walker is like the sure. only like labeled liquor in the movie. And did you know that they had a special edition bottle of Johnny Walker called like the Blade Runner edition, and it's shaped oh. like the bottle in the movie? Did you not know that? No, I don't know if I remember that or not. That's cool though. We should. So we have to get uh, Channing's Born and Bred vodka, and if you find that, we also have to get that and you know drink that while watching Boyfriend Material. This bottle of Johnny Walker that's like the Blade Runner edition is like total movie prop bullshit like it's like it's like a hundred dollars for a bottle of johnny walker black just because it's like in the same shape and it comes in like Amen. a collectible box like I've, Love i'm it. never buying this i'm never buying this. i'm a sucker for it i know i know you are no. but like this is even like worse <laughs> come on like it's like a 20 dollar product in a hundred dollar oh bottle. sure no no, no. I, I'm, I'm just sort of i'm sort of teasing but you know if you got it for me as a gift it'd be like oh that's cool i'd be like wait well, well first of all what is this and then second of all like oh that's cool and the third of all i'm not gonna drink this but i, I appreciate the thought so yeah you're not gonna drink it my... if you do drink it, it's just a fucking johnny walker black like they could at least made it like yep. johnny walker blue so it was like you know like a tasty drink oh so one other cool thing was that the part of officer k was written specifically for ryan gosling and he was the only choice for the part according to director denis villeneuve that this was a oh. role made for him very important i mean that's that's what we get for starting at the beginning of boyfriend material and working our way back is that we're getting these parts that are like our in la la land when they're like yeah we're gonna have miles teller like oh wait gosling's available yeah let's get him and then here they're like oh we want him we're gonna get to a point where like he's he's you know earning his stripes or whatever but here we're at the you know the payday of it all and like uh it's cool exactly yeah, it feels good. It's I mean, it is a role for him. He plays it really, really well. It's cool to see him play opposite of Harrison Ford, too, because like you're saying, like now that he's like more well-known, he's getting these roles that are with other great famous actors. And yes. once you start mm-hmm. to get those roles where you're playing like opposite Harrison Ford, then you know you're like big shit. Like when we saw like when we saw Zeph play opposite of De Niro, even though it was in this like shitty comedy movie, Zeph playing opposite De Niro is amazing, right? So yeah. I feel like this is the same feeling for Gosling playing opposite Harrison Ford, even though this is probably, like, a much bigger movie because it's, like, following Blade Runner and, like, all this other shit, but... What I thought was cool was... I was trying to think... I, I was I was more concerned with had we done something like this before and the answer was no but i don't think it happens too often in general at all how often is there a sequel to a movie especially like a classic movie where the star is not the same guy you know what i mean like this is a ryan gosling movie yeah. and the first one yeah you know, he's obviously not in but like you know i was looking and you know we did sequels obviously we did the high school musical movies we did the neighbors movies you know zeph was in all of those basically in the same amount in all of them you know here we have a movie and like I, I don't think that it happens too often i mean i'm sure you know if i spend like 10 minutes thinking about it after we're done here i'll be able to come up with a couple of examples or whatever but like i don't think that happens not too common. often where like a no. franchise is basically given to someone else you mean like fast and furious tokyo drift but still like that was like a reboot you know what i mean like this is not a i guess no, it's kind a of cont- reboot it's it's sort of, yeah i don't know also thinking of vin diesel like triple x triple x 2 say the union like with ice cube and then they went back to return of xander cage but i think that's also like movies just trying to struggle like this is like it seemed like a conscious decision and also the important thing i think where we can sort of make the make a little bit of a twist to make this more impressive for gauze for our man gauze is that 
they gave him the movie, but Harrison Ford's still in it. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Yeah, that's a that's a really big touch, man. It's not like they're like, hey, we can't get him. Yeah. I mean, he is in, like, the you know, the back third of the movie, but it's a three-hour movie, so you got, like, two hours of just, like... This being a Gosling movie. Yeah, he shows up an hour 40 in. That's more than halfway, you know? Like, that's... You have a, f- you have a full-length Gosling-only movie. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Like, a long one. Like, that f- 140 yeah. is, like, a pretty solid runtime. And there's a lot of scenes of, like, just him. Emily Blunt was considered for a role in some form in this movie, but she was pregnant, so she couldn't do it. Emily Blunt. Who would you know Emily Blunt from? Do you know Emily Blunt? No Off idea. by name no. or no? Definitely not. She was in Edge of Tomorrow, that Tom Cruise movie. She was in Sunshine Cleaning. Oh, I know this face, though. What was she? She's in? very pretty. She's British. She's in Devil's War- Devil Wears Prada. She's in the Adjustment maybe Bureau. Maybe. She's also in Sicario, which I guess is maybe why she wanted to be in this, or that, you know, Denis Villeneuve wanted. She's in Looper. Yeah. Looper, she's yeah. She's, she's great. She's great. Yeah. The last real note that I have, which is actually something that we haven't mentioned at all, which is really cool and something I actually just posted on Facebook tonight to okay. sort of prep for this was a lot lately there's been this trend in movies like oh we have the technology to basically bring people back from the dead or de-age them or whatever you know we saw in Rogue One they made Carrie Fisher look young or they basically CGI'd a young Carrie Fisher they brought that other guy back from the dead and it was terrible you know here yeah. they bring back Sean Young from the first movie Rachel right yes at the end of the movie a design studio spent an entire year making that look good. Wow. Cast an actress really? who sort of looked like her. Yeah. They cast an actress that sort of looked like her and that could walk like her and sort of behave like her and then they sort of face morph. But like, it looks great. I thought it was her. I thought it was just like complete CGI of her. No, that's just a completely different woman and apparently it was this whole big thing like people were asking is she in the movie? Are you doing scenes with her? Or whatever. And like the director was like no, 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 she's not in the movie. The character's not in the movie. Like denying all this different stuff in that scene. So like they did this like first like super secluded and then sent it off to a studio to a design studio to make it look good and like it looks great yeah it did i'm really surprised that you said that it's something that like i didn't really think about i really just thought it was like they somehow just completely cgi'd her because it was dead on and apparently denis villeneuve saw what happened in rogue one he's like we need to do better than that and so they did like it's great so that's wow cool job well done do you have any other notes about the movie or about gauze or about anything before we get to the games and we're gonna we're gonna start to talk about him more in the games you know the the boy from material moments our guesses and everything like that but you know well just one last note i was thinking about because i was watching the nerd writer video and he was talking so much about how eyes play a huge role in blade runner yes and i just want to say our boy got some of the bluest blue eyes in this movie And also, speaking of eyes, not related to Gaz, but speaking of eyes, maybe the most crushing line in the movie is when Harrison Ford is looking at Rachel and she comes up to him and she like, this is the woman, you know, he was in love with. You know, he, even though he knew he, he knew she wasn't real, he was in love with her. All he says is her eyes were green. And then he walks away from her and like hears behind him, she gets shot in the head. Yeah, but in this scene, is he trying to save her from them? Knowing that they'll kill her if he says he looks sad about it. After he had said it, right? Well, I think I think he's also sad about, like, you know, he could just have just accepted her. their offer or whatever, and, you know, he knows it's not her, but he, it could have been, like, close enough to her, and again, doesn't matter if it's, like, really her, because the original one wasn't really, like, a person, you know what I mean? Like, it's all the sort of the same thing. I think there's a lot of sadness. I think he's just, like, he's just a, he's a man who's lived a life of sadness. Yeah, I guess. That makes sense. But that's definitely important to talk about the eyes, because eyes are 
you know, how we tell they're a replicant. You know, we see the scan, the eyeball, all the different stuff. So yeah, glad you brought that up. Anything else about the movie? Or are we going to move on to the games section? I would like to move on to the game section. The movie was great, though. Yes, I did like it. Liked it. It's just long. I'm into sci-fi. This is going to slowly come into my rotation of movies that I fall asleep to, along with like Tron and Harry Potter's. I like playing movies at night, like I sleep with sound. Yep. You know, you need these movies that are like fantastical, but also soft. So like these are the kind sure. of movies that I look for. Like I, I've fallen asleep to Tron Legacy so many times <laughs> because it's just like blue and calming and like... Yeah. Before we actually get to the games, we have to do a segment that we did last week at the top, but I feel like it maybe works better after the discussion. We have to do Canadian Goose on the Loose, Canadian Gods on the Laws. You know, our news, our weekly, our monthly news roundup for the one yes. only the Ryan Gosling. I got some fun ones this week. I got no serious ones, so I got hopefully you got all serious. I don't have a ton. Like, I looked back through what I posted on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash cageclub, or I looked at, you know, the Google alerts each day, and, like, this has been sort of a quiet month for Gauze News. I mean, a lot of it is just sort of production information or, like, release stuff or interviews or whatever about this movie. It's a lot about Blade Runner. So I got some fun ones. Do you want to go first, go or do you want me to go first? Let me get my sort of boring ones out of the way. First of all, there is... I actually don't know when this is... I think this already happened, but your favorite Ryan Gosling movie, La La Land. Oh, yes. Oh, no, it hasn't happened yet. It's a, there's a 60-piece live orchestra playing the score in London. I think they're playing through May or something. So if there's any London Boy From Material fans, we have spoiler to tell, alert, uh, there probably are none. Go check it out. Our buddy from London, our our, Z- our Zef buddy from London, Liam, we can, oh, we can Liam. send yeah, him go, to Liam. Go. Yeah, Liam. Liam and Jack and Kat. You know, Liam and Cat, yeah. and then bring Jack, and if Jack has a girlfriend, Shout I don't out know. Nerd on Nerd. And the shout out Nerd on Nerd. Check out those guys. They're cool. Yeah, go check that out. And then what I posted this week was somebody, what is this? Oh, high snobiety, like high society, but snob, yeah, snobiety. Yeah, yeah. I, know this, I know this website. Posted how to look like Ryan Gosling in Only God Forgives. Ooh, and I mean, it's I mean, it's a type of story that we've seen a bunch for Zack Attack, for Zack Efron podcast. Yeah. The short answer is like, you can't look like him. Like these guys are genetically better than us. I mean, you can eat right and you can work out, but like these That's are you say. Peak, these are Greek gods. I used like, to look like this guy. I used to look like these guys. Then I got fat. That's what happens. <laughs> don't be a hater. I used to look like these guys. Sure. Yeah, yeah in you my look, head. I don't think you ever looked like uh, Zac Efron in Baywatch, but maybe you did. Never in my life have I ever gotten even close to that, so no. You're <laughs> absolutely right. I, I don't think I look like, obviously, body type far from it, but <laughs> I don't know if you remember back in the early days of Facebook, when it, like 2008, 2009 or whatever, there was a thing where it was make your profile picture a celebrity that looks like you. And there's a picture of Ryan Gosling from a movie like in 06, 07, whatever, maybe half Nelson, maybe not. At the time, like I looked like him and people were like, oh, wow. They're like, who is that? I'm like, that's Ryan Gosling. I'm like, no, you don't look like him. But like in this picture, I do. So at one point, I looked like a picture of Ryan Gosling. I never I looked mean, like Ryan Gosling. I'll let you pretend like that's real, but okay, sure. I Hold on. I, I will show you if I can I'm still not going to believe it, it. So it's like it doesn't you could you can you can have that 13 seconds of you looking like Ryan Gosling in your head forever but I'm going to call shenanigans people, on it all I'm saying is people were impressed people were startled <laughs> by how much the, the resemblance so while I find this why don't you hit us with some of your uh, fun Canadian gauze on the laws gauze on the laws for this week I found this article it was a little uh, interesting. It's 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 kind of like gauze by association, just because like the one of the last ones we read. This one is titled from Vogue: 
This is why Margot Robbie and L. Leonardo DiCaprio, I almost called it L. Cap, then <laughs> <laughs> nobody would have known what I was talking about. But this is why Margot Robbie and Leonardo DiCaprio are set to become the next Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. When Leonardo DiCaprio is being compared to being the next Ryan Gosling, I just thought that was like just an interesting title of an article. And it just talks about how like they're going to be in the new um, Tarantino um, movie about Manson. And oh, yeah, how, yeah, yeah. how like you know they're like a co-star tandem now and stuff like that i just dropped a picture in discord i'm gonna go check it out i mean like i don't even need to see it but i'm gonna call bullshit on it so let me my see. sister oh my dude yeah definitely oh, honestly yes this you're dead on <laughs> holy fuck yeah okay yeah sold that looks just like uh, you yeah wow that's very surprising yeah about that many years ago like i'm saying I don't look like him, but I look like him in this picture. Yes, you do. Or I used to. Yes, it's dead on. That was pretty good. Cool. Damn. I'm not lying. Like I'm not cra- I'm not a crazy person. You know, <laughs> I, I had so many disclaimers on that story, but yeah, this is uh, you know, I I don't look far from that. I'm with you now. I was ready to call ago. bullshit just to make fun of you, and I can't even do that because well, that was you. pretty close. What other fun uh, gods and laws do you have? There's an article from the website heavy.com, and sure. the title of the article is just. I'm just saying I've never seen Alex Smith and Ryan Gosling in the same place. Yes, so I saw that too. What was weird was that article came out the same week where I messaged you. I was like, dude, George's quarterback looks like Zac Efron. So like, there's all these like yes. actors that we care about quarterback comparisons. Although Alex Smith and Ryan Gosling don't look as much alike, I don't think, as a Georgia quarterback and Zac Efron. There's another qu- You know who it is? It's Jared Goff. From the Rams that I yeah. saw him playing earlier in the season and I was watching the game and Rachel's sitting there and I go look at this guy and who does he look like and she goes holy shit he looks just like Gosling because you yeah. know we have the whole remember the Titans coming up so like you, yeah. you can I mean, easily see him in a football uniform so I think it's funny to imagine I think he looks a little bit more like Jared Goff than Alex Smith but um, apparently people say otherwise oh yeah and then they had this interview with Alex Smith where they asked him if he looks like Ryan Gosling and he was like, yeah, that's what everybody tells me. And he was, like, really proud of it. And um, <laughs> apparently he's really stoked that he looks like Ryan Gosling, even though he does not. My last gauze on the laws is from this website, Mom on the Side. The tagline is, imperfect parents welcome and me time encouraged. Okay. Yeah. Follow me for a second. You know about this this uh, food phenomenon, Instant Pot. Do you know about this? No. There's this pot. It's a crock pot, right? But it's also like a pressure cooker. It's like a programmable pressure cooker. And it can make like, you know, roasts. It can do everything a pressure cooker can do. It's like a rice maker and a crock pot all in one. Right? Okay. 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 Instapot. And what's it called? Instapot. 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 Or okay. Instant Pot. There's like, there's there's a couple different brands that are essentially all the same okay. shit. So this is like the new wave right now. Like all the house moms are going nuts for this Instapot. A bunch of my friends have one. I haven't bought one yet because I have two crock pots in my house that I use, but like we cook a lot, but we see, like, I don't fucking need a pressure cooker, but I'm going to wind up buying one for Rachel anyways. She didn't <laughs> want one when it was on sale. It was like on like an Amazon sale and she didn't want one. This is a long story about Instapot. It wasn't supposed to be about Instapot. All I'm trying to say <laughs> is that you can get a fucking Instapot. Instapot decal because they're like stainless steel. So there's like all these Instapot decals you can get. This mom found one that's just Gauze's face and it says, Hey girl, drink some wine while I make dinner. And it's so boyfriend <laughs> material. I now want an Instapot just so I can put this on the side of it and get in like before Rachel notices it. And just Done. like, yeah, it's perfect for my house. I might just buy this just fucking decal just to have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she's the whole article is about like things you can buy for your Instapot and that's just like one of the. <laughs> 
the dumbest ones, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Did we talk about on Zack Attack? I don't remember if we talked about on Zack Attack. Your... Instapot? No, no, no. Your uh, your wedding registry game. We have. We have. We have, okay. I think, I think we talked about it, or I think I came up with the game on there. It had existed before the podcast. You just told it on the podcast. Why don't you summarize it real quickly for people who haven't heard I came heard up that. with it with you. We were talking one day, and you had Googled Oh, because I was Googling yourself. myself. Yes. You had Googled your own name, and you have a much yep. more common last name than I do. I mean, it's not common, but it's more common than mine. Two is pretty common. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. So, um... So your last name is pretty common. You've Googled it. You found some people. And one of the things you found was a wedding registry. And my brain instantly went to, this is hilarious. And you're like, oh, but it's from like five years ago. And I was like, we should send them some of the presents that they never got from the registry. How fucking creepy would it be that you have the same last name? So it's like her husband was buying the same things and you're sending it to their house. And then that evolved into me imagining if I had a lot of money, a lot of disposable income, what I would like to do is try to find old wedding registries and send the people the creepiest things from their wedding registry. Like one knife. Or just like weird little things, like a single knife. Like a single knife. And just like leave notes like, man, your wedding was beautiful. And it's like four years old. And like I wasn't (laughs) there. And, like, it's just one knife. Like, just so much confusion. I would love to see the reaction, like, when they get the email, like, come pick up your wedding registry present from Bed Bath & Beyond. (laughs) And everybody's like, what the fuck? That was, like, four years ago. They have to go pick up this one knife. It's, like, really confusing. They don't live in the same state anymore. It'd be really funny. So the reason that I brought that up was because I thought it'd be funny because, like, you and Rachel just, like, I remember one day you're like, hey, guess what? I'm like, what, you get engaged? Like, no, we got married. Like, you just went from dating to married instantly. So you never had, like, a wedding registry. But I was thinking it'd be funny if, like, years from now, I just buy, like, off your quote-unquote registry that don't that doesn't exist just buy you an instapot and also buy you the ryan gosling sticker and just like shows up at your house like what the fuck like where'd this come from no but you have to buy like this edition like version one and they're on like version 30 <laughs> now you just talk to it and it just like makes shit for you and you buy like the original instapot and put the ryan gosling sticker on it the harrison ford version the original oh oh, oh. Kill Hunter. yeah it just all green like the whole thing's just green so any other gods and laws, or is that your last one? No, that was my last one. I think that was the most fun one anyways. And I, this fucking vinyl sticker is really cool, so I'm going to buy it. Moving to the next segment, the mailbag. We have three emails. Damn. Off to a great okay. start here. If cool, you wow. have Gaz and the Laws news, email us, boyfriendmaterial at cageclub.me. We'll throw it in, and we'll give you a shout-out. Sure. I like sure. that idea. We have other things that we're looking for. We can summarize at the end, because we did get one of the things we were looking for. I'll get to that shortly. First email, though, from Melissa, friend of the show, Melissa, who, I don't know if I mentioned or not, but when I sent you that picture of Gosling that looked like me or I looked like it or whatever, yeah. when I posted it, apparently the, the, the description on Facebook said, my roommate, my sister, and Melissa all think this is close enough. She thought it was close enough. Know. You didn't think it's close enough, so mentioned yeah. a couple times here on the show. What year did you post that, the picture? Mm-mm, did you check? Mm-mm. I want to know how long ago it was, because it had to be a while. It was a while ago. Sorry, sorry to press you for the year. Can you cut in the Jeopardy music right there? Or are we waiting for you? Thanks. I appreciate it. It was from 2000. It was February 2010, so almost eight years ago. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, almost eight years ago. First email from Melissa, friend of the show, Melissa Lynham. Subject line, La La Land Hate. Yes. I think you guys said you wanted an elderly person's perspective on La La Land. My 85-year-old grandma saw it and said, quote, I didn't like it. I don't know what all the bragging was about. (laughs) She said, also, my mom hated it. 
I'm from a family of haters. No, you're not. You're just from a family of fucking realists. And good job, Mom and Grandma, because you saw right through the fucking bullshit of that movie. Thanks. Shout out, Grandma. Shout out, Grandma. I love grandmas in a non-porno-watching way. Next email... Subject line, more email. So there was a night this week that superfan Jenny McMullen sent probably six emails in a row, like to all different emails. Cool. Like she was Good. like, I'm glad banging she's out. So, Hi, you Jenny. Know, Jess Montez slipping. Not only is she not ranking fire ass titles, she did not email this show for this one. I mean, I don't know what's going on where Jess Montez lives. Slipping down the rankings. Jenny McMullen's superfan climbing up. So she sent super a bunch of emails one. one night. This yeah. email called More Email. Hi, guys. I watched a Ryan Gosling movie last weekend in in anticipation of hearing about it on your podcast. It was The Place Beyond the Pines, which we said that you have not seen, right? Joey loves this one. Joey, yeah, I haven't seen it, but you like it. She said, weird, kind of like two movies in one, but Ryan Gosling and Bradley Cooper in one movie, what more could you ask for? I think Bradley Cooper is a good-looking man. I think Bradley Cooper is a good-looking man, for sure. She goes on, I also watched a movie with Channing Tatum in it, even though I didn't know he was in it until about halfway through. We'll send a separate email to the Magic Mike's podcast, which reminds me of a suggestion. And this is a suggestion that I put into action, even though I'm going to defend myself a little bit, but I still took her suggestion. She writes, maybe you would get more email if you put the actual email address in your show notes. Which on That's a good idea. Well, on each podcast page... On cageclub.me, the email link is there. It just says, email us, it's there. On okay. each show page on cageclub.me, the email address is there. What I did is I put the email address in the description of each podcast now on iTunes. And I can also put at the end of each write-up, individual write-up on the podcast, email us, whatever, thoughts, whatever. I think it's a good touch, yeah. I had to re-listen to the episodes where you say the email address to get them. Who's going to oh. do that besides a dedicated fan? Which is absolutely true. Number Thank you, one. Jenny number one. She says, one last bit. I had no idea why Ryan Gosling is associated with cereal, so I Googled it and watched the YouTube videos. <laughs> I'm so glad you did. I'm so that's like, that's what, Those are some of my favorite videos ever. I really like those. She says, maybe you guys could explain it on the podcast for those of us who are wondering. Okay. Um, and she said, I also learned a lot more about Ryan and his lady, Ava Mendez, as watching YouTube videos can draw you in on certain subjects. Later, super YouTube fan, hole. Jenny. YouTube black hole. We go into very yep. deep YouTube black holes. Zach and I like wind up watching like Russian paintballing videos all the time just because you're yeah. just fucking lost in YouTube. Because Jenny requested it, because we haven't said it, Ryan Gosling's only related to Serial because there was a guy on Vine, the now dead Vine. Hashtag RIP Vine. RIP Vine, RIP Squirrel, that would make these six second videos of him trying to feed a TV that had Ryan Gosling on it in some movie or TV show. He'll be trying to feed the Ryan Gosling character cereal and he would always pause it at points where he would be like turning his head or like looking away or like making these awkward swatting at the camera or like swat yeah or like swatting at the camera and so there's all of these like very short clips of this guy just with like a spoonful of cereal trying to feed the television cereal but he like lined them up perfectly so that you see ryan gosling like be like and like like a small child the idea of like you trying to feed the tv and it being like the small child's like no airplane reaction to it is really funny to me. I always relate Ryan Gosling to Serial. So that transitions beautifully into our last email, also from Jenny. Subject line, Serial Pick. She says, okay. Hi guys, here's a little explanation to go with the pictures. 
I hardly ever buy cereal except for random boxes of granola for my husband, so I wasn't planning on sending any cereal pictures, even though I've sent pictures to your other three podcasts, two of them on Friday. So that's a little teaser taster. Ooh, ooh I'm excited. I'm getting a little, and getting a little excited. Forever. Then on Saturday, I was going to be babysitting my five-year-old niece overnight. My sister included a box of sweet cereal with all the kid stuff, knowing that I yeah. wouldn't have any. Then on yes. Sunday morning, as I was eating my cereal out of a coffee cup with no milk, she says in parentheses, can't stand milk or soggy stuff, it dawned on Ugh. Cereal picks for Joe. Hope you like them. So she sent okay. two pictures. And I feel like I I'm going like to have Charles Manson. It's just like cereal killers. Okay, are you putting them in? I'm putting them in here. Oh, that's a damn good choice. Chocolate Lucky Charms? She went with Chocolate Lucky Charms. I'm a fan of the OG version of this, which goes by the name of Count Chocula. Oh. Count Chocula is the OG Chocolate Lucky Charms. It was a little bit better than Cocoa Puffs, right? Because Cocoa Puffs was just chocolate cereals. But then you had Count Chocula that was the chocolate cereal with the marshmallows. I didn't even know that these Chocolate Lucky Charms exist. I'm going to have to try these. Yeah, yeah, they gotta be new. This gotta be new. Because I love a Lucky Charm. Who doesn't like chocolate? I do love Lucky Charms. A little cereal story on the side. When Gmail first came out, okay, it was in like alpha, right? This this is before beta. It was oh. very very new. The only way you could get invites to Gmail is if you knew somebody that worked at Google, right? Because it was only oh, released to, like yeah. their employees. It was a long time ago. My friend's cousin had got an email, a Gmail account. He was working in the tech industry, and he knew somebody at Google, so he got one. He sent one to his younger cousin, who was my friend, who in turn got an invite and sent it to me. But there was this whole website that was about getting Gmail invites really, really early. You couldn't sell them. It was illegal. You could ask for, like, services. So, like, something that, like, a lot of people would do would be, like, can you, like, Photoshop this for me for one or design a website or something like that. And the best post ever was a kid had one, and he said, I would like a whole bag of just Lucky Charms marshmallows, mail them to me. <laughs> and so this like other kid like tweezered through a whole bag of Lucky Charms, picked out just the marshmallows, and was like, you know, nine or ten and had a Gmail invite really, really early. That's like one of my favorite stories about Lucky Charms. That's a little serious. And that story email address you. was serial at gmail.com. No, it wasn't. I don't know what it was. I should have picked a better Gmail. I had my Gmail in like oh six I think I checked my first email from Gmail, and it was like 06. Somebody called bullshit on me, and I was like, fuck you. And I went all the way back to the beginning, like my first email that I ever got from Gmail. Yeah, I had one in very early. Like, there was not that many people on Gmail at that time. And I haven't looked back since. I should have picked a cooler name, though. I have the name that I stuck with forever, but... You know, I was on Twitter before, I think, most people. Like, you know, I'm not... I'm, I'm usually an early adopter of technology, but in terms of, like, websites, there's just, there's just, there's just so much out there that I don't usually get on board, so I, I'm pretty much just soul-popped everywhere. But I think I was on Twitter early enough that I probably could have gotten like a cool enough or cooler name than i did yeah but i didn't i I wish we could have had like joe at gmail.com that would have been like the dopest thing ever but would have been great but no yeah i'm sure somebody at google had already taken it next game is the google game so we are going to google blade runner 2049 ryan gosling yeah we have one two three four five six seven eight nine some of them are similar we have nine of these that none, none are like great like I, th- I, I do feel like la la land was maybe the best one we're gonna have but these are pretty good nine different choices if you google blade runner 2049 ryan gosling what are the autocompletes um age no um harrison ford no jacket so we've got coat as the first one and leather coat as the last one okay yeah that's what i was thinking jacket car nope 
girlfriend character name? Nope, nope, nope. Eyes? Ryan Gosling, die, is seventh. Yes, D-I-E. Die. No, I said eyes. Like, his eyes. Oh, no, not eyes, but die. Die is one. Okay. Um, Shoes? Boots is number four. Yeah, I thought, come on, give me that. Yep. I'm not just giving you answers unless I mishear you, but yeah, no, you're yeah. right. Okay, shoes. Ah, fuck, what else we got? That's about all I got. We've got, at number eight, Replicant. At okay. number six, Sweater. Oh, yeah, that sweater's really dope. I like I like, I like this a lot, too. Like, that thermal kind of yeah. sweater shirt that he got going on there. I really like it. Speaking of sweaters, what's our fabric of the day? Gore-Tex. It's waterproof, lightweight, uh, also known as Teflon. That's our fabric of the day. This episode is cool. brought to you by Gore-Tex. It's a, it's a little Shout futuristic. Out Gore-Tex. Made in 1969. It was a little bit before Blade Runner, but there you go. Number five mm. is... Fuck, I remembered who made it. It was DuPont. DuPont invented it. That's who it was. Another car thing, right? Car tires? They yeah, tires? kind of. Yeah, they do tires, I think. Number five, autocomplete interview. Number three, outfit. And the number... W- no, you got coat was number one number two is haircut oh fuck hair i didn't say it i didn't think that that was that important seriously it's one the you one always time say i always hear. say hair and i didn't say hair this time motherfuck hair should be like a vi- like r-s-t-l-n-e like you just, just give me hair off those? the bat from now on all right you can automatically get that so next is the trailer game so if okay. you search blade runner 2049 on youtube it's this is the first hit from warner brothers pictures 23 million views Holy fuck. I'm going to press play. I'm going to let it buffer a little bit. We're going to watch this. Whoa, it's coming out my ears. I tried to play it, and it didn't open it. And let me just copy and paste this. You can can fucking Jeopardy uh, Jeopardy me here. Yeah, for being a slow-ass fuck. Okay. Uh, I got it. And I'm going to let it buffer for a second. And it's doing good. And tell me when to play. All right, play in three, two, one, play. So we've got oh, quick Flying cuts, car. quick cuts, quick cuts. Quick, yeah. Here's so many punch them. Oh, that was a pre- that was a pre-trailer to the trailer. Oh okay. wow. So here we go. So we Atari. I missed the Atari thing. Slower. Here is Jared Leto's house, right? Or is this the yeah, archive? Yeah, all the wood now that you mentioned it. Yep. The back of a disposable workforce. There's that poor, poor replicant that he murders in cold blood. Yeah. The Rachel, really the fake Rachel. Happy yep. birthday. Is this the is this Rachel or no? Is that another replicant? No, it's just it's just another one because they're trying to figure out they're trying to unlock the secret of breeding. I think like he's just a Disney. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what it is. You're right. Your girl Claire Underwood. Yeah. We keep order. Good amount Guns. of Gosmalas in here. From executive producer Ridley Scott. I didn't get the really large dancers. And oh, I totally didn't get the fucking huge statues scene. Like, I didn't know what that was about. But okay. Oh, the, the, that scene right there? This, this, yeah. I think it's just this, sort of. This it's, song, just, it's just Las Vegas. It's just, you know, it's. it's, it's things that would exist I guess or could this exist. This song there. is directly from um, A Clockwork Orange. Oh, I haven't muted. I'm not listening to it, but I will take your word for it. I will hear it. When yeah, I it, it sounds like it, it sounds so a Clockwork Orange for me. What do you want? So the score for this was I'm done by Hans Zimmer, who did all the Batman movies and stuff. The yeah, the Hans Zimmer, super movies, famous. So. I want to go see him live. You know, he does like concerts and stuff too. No, that's cool. Yeah, he like he, he's been in like a lot of the big festivals. Like he did like Coachella and stuff like that. Bring it to me. This trailer, without sound, like, it, there's a lot going on, but it, I can see why this sort of tanked at the box office. Like, there's, it doesn't seem super exciting. 
No, it's not. They're trying to make it more like an action movie, and it's definitely not, so... It's like a lot of them fighting, and a lot of Harrison Ford for it not being that much in the actual movie. She's super gorgeous. Like, you could, you could cut this together probably and be like, make it like a love story. Not that it is. Not, that's, you know, misleading, but like, you could have a relationship story or whatever. Yeah, for sure. You could definitely make it a love story. So speaking of how this tanked at the box office, this had a $150 million budget. It made 94 in the U.S., and it made a total worldwide of like 250 But if you figure a budget of 150 that you're going to double to market it, you know, so it costs really $300 million probably, you know, they didn't yeah. even break even. So this was a major failure. As this releases on Sunday the 21st, it's two days before the Academy nominates or announces its nominations for the for the Academy Awards. I was reading that like a lot of the technical awards, like the movies that sort of the mainstream action movies and stuff, like the the blockbusters get, are usually like go to movies Mad that are, Max, Fury Road, and stuff. They go to ones that like people like and people want to see. And like this didn't. So like this does deserve recognition for like the sets and the costumes and everything like that but like sound editing saying, like, they're not stuff sure like that oh damn oh i hope it so. does i think i'm sure that the sound editing is very complex just from like watching the movie you know what i mean no absolutely so okay next game we have the most and least boyfriend material moment both for this movie or review of what it was we're also going to review our guesses, or your guesses, from last time. We're also going to guess for the next movie. Okay. So I think the most boyfriend material moment, my take for this movie, is when he buys Joy her emanator. And he's like, hey, it's a you're pretty good one. a real girl now, essentially. You can go anywhere you want. Got you a present. Yeah. And I can take you wherever you want. Yep. That's a pretty good one. Powerful moment. It's a very powerful moment that is very good boyfriendy of you. My peak boyfriend material moment was a moment where he was actually by himself and it was a little bit earlier in the movie. Even as a replicant, he picks up the flower to smell it and takes that tiny second to just breathe in the love and the life that he's watching. Yeah. Yeah. That was the super boyfriendy material moment for me. So what's what's your least boyfriend material moment? Least boyfriend material moment, I'm going to look up because I have the exact quote of it. When he meets the hookers and they're all sitting there on the table, she's yep. like, do you like me? And he's like, depends on your model number. And I was like, that was pretty douchey. So that was my least boyfriendy mater- material moment of Gosling. I'm going to choose the same scene, but for a different reason. Oh, you really? We're in the same scene? Interesting. Same scene, different reason, though. That's after Joy is in the emanator. So Joy is always with him now, right? And yeah. Mackenzie Davis shows up to their apartment. Joy's like, I know that you liked her. I saw how you were looking at her. And it's just like, you know, you've got this great girl back home or in your pocket, literally. And like... I know that, you know, they came up to you, but you're still sort of, like, canoodling with hookers and, like, man, just, you know, be true to your girl. Like, don't... I think he's pretty well-behaved there because he, like, kind of just, like, dismisses them. He does enough to make Joy be like, oh, I see that she's the kind of girl that you would want to have sex with. Since you can't have sex with me, I'm going to bring her in. And so, like, I just feel like there's there's a little bit there. That is the most dangerous. That's when you know she's a real woman because you see what she does there? She gives you a situation that you're in you can't possibly be right about. Like, no matter what your choice is in that situation, he's fucked. Yeah. Here's a girl that I think you'd want to have sex with, and he's like, no, I wouldn't, and she's like, do it. And he's like, 
okay, and it's like, well, you're burnt now. Like, even even your fake hologram girlfriend is going to be pissed off about this at some point. If if he didn't kill her off quickly, Blade Runner 2089 is going to be her bitching at him for (laughs) sleeping with that chick, even though she said it was okay. The other part of this game is that we review last month's guesses. So I abstained because when we recorded the last one, I had seen this movie like three weeks earlier. Or yes. for a month or whatever. Yeah. You said you were guessing that the best moment was going to... He, he was going to tell a sex robot he loves her. And then I was he close. was going to turn around and shoot that sex robot in the head. Which didn't happen. But, you know, would be great if it did. That would have been awesome, yeah. So now, okay, our next movie is Song to Song, which is a Terrence Malick movie. Oh, I, I, I already got it. Don't life. tell me anything more about it. Do you Have you seen it? I have seen it. I saw it four months ago or five months ago, so... I remember a lot of that. I might, I might have to abstain from this. I think this might be the last one I abstain from in the short term, but I, I saw it recently enough that I remember enough about it that I'm going to skip, but I'm going to write down your guesses. So tell me your picks for best and worst boyfriend material moment in Song to Song, a movie that you know nothing about. Obviously, he's a rock star in the okay. movie. Okay. He sees this girl in the crowd. He goes, and he's on tour, and so he writes... This like very raunchy sexual song about her, and then okay. the next year when they come back to that city on tour, okay. he sings the song, sees her there again. She makes eye contact with him. He points to the security guard, brings her <laughs> up on stage, gets her phone number, and she hangs out with him on the tour bus. It's like really romantic that he like you know thought of her and remembered her for a whole year. He carried this with a whole year. That he was waiting for her. So that's the best boyfriend material moment of the movie. But then he fucks her and never calls her again immediately <laughs> afterwards. And then he's just like a scumbag to her. Then it's the worst boyfriend material moment of the movie, too. So, like, all these girls are like, oh my god, he's so sweet. Look what he did. He waited a year for her. And it's like, no, he just wanted to bang her once and then doesn't talk to her again. It's like, get the fuck out. He, like, kicks her. He, like, he actually kicks her with his foot out of the tour bus. Wow. Yeah. Not, like, in the back, but, like, you know, in, like, the like the bottom thigh like the upper thigh like he just kicks her you know like it's not like it's not like aggressive it's not like you know abusive he just like get the fuck out and just kicks her (laughs) okay yeah i will abstain i will not let i will not you know comment on whether or not these are right i'm not sure if you're gonna like this next movie is am i close i'm not gonna tell you that i'm really close right of course i mean you're always close you're you're always nailing these guesses exactly exactly as they are in the movie I was really close last time. I mean, you just said that there were going to be sex robots. There actually aren't sex robots. There wasn't. She was a prostitute. That's a sex robot. They actually offer him. Don't they offer at some point when she's like, if you want to add more pleasure robots to the order, you can do it. There was sex robots in this movie. All right. I was close. But he doesn't tell a sex robot he loves her. It's his hologram girlfriend that she 3Ds over the sex robot. I'm just trying That's to keep as your close ego as you in check. Get. That's all I'm trying to do. Okay. Cool. I'm just trying to keep your ego in check. Can't let you get okay. too big headed about this. The next game is the Letterboxd game. This is where we do a few different things. So, Blade Runner 2049. For reference sake, Mad Max Fury Road, the most viewed movie on Letterboxd, has been seen by 185,000 people. 185. How many people have seen Blade Runner 2049, a film that came out two months ago? Oh. Three months ago. Three months ago. That's Yeah, that's a... That's a okay, I'm glad you said that to me. I'm going to go 32,000. Higher. 45,000? Higher. Really? Okay, my original guess when you said that was going to be 68,000. 77.7 thousand people. 
Yeah, this is a fucking letterbox type movie. I should have known better. Like, I'm sure everybody thought in theaters. You threw me off with the fucking... Hey, man, I'm just providing context. No, it was good. It was good. It was helpful. Because I got real nervous. Blu-ray just came out and shit like that. Like, but I forgot that you guys, like, you know, go see a lot of movies and stuff, so... Yeah, you guys as in the Letterboxd crowd? Yeah, the Letterboxd... I mean, like, if you're on Letterboxd, you're probably seeing a lot of movies in theaters. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, probably. I was saying last month that La La Land is this beloved movie and Letterboxd has a 4.1. This movie actually has a 4.2 average rating. Nice. One of the highest in Letterboxd. On that note, um, Matt said this is probably one of his new favorite movies of all time when he watched it. Is he going to listen to this podcast? Probably not, but I mean, like... just for like context like he has a huge boner for the original blade runner and he said like he'd love this one he's gonna watch it again very soon he really really enjoyed it yeah so i get why the rating's so high people that like it like it a lot so so there are you know seventy-seven thousand people who saw it there's sixteen thousand people gave it a four star fifteen thousand people gave it a four and a half and six almost seventeen thousand gave it a five star so like damn two-thirds of the people gave it a four or higher. So, okay, so out of 77.7 thousand people have seen it, how many people, and you have to round this to the nearest hundred, have it in their top four? 600. Higher. Really? Like 2,400? Lower. Somewhere in the middle. Uh, 1,700. 1,300. Damn, that's a lot. That's a lot more than I thought. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's new, it's hype. This whole, like, the DVD just came out thing is really throwing me off here, but good. So I am now looking... Oh, okay, so this is good. So we're going to do... This is this is the most difficult game we play. I found a guy who has it in his top four, gave it five stars, has reviewed it. Russell Altman's at Russ Altman's on Twitter. He has it in his top four. He has it his number four favorite movie of all time. He has three other films in the top four. Two by the same director, a director we've mentioned on this podcast, and one, one of your favorite movies probably the last five or ten years, which has a special connection to our film last month. So these are three very gettable is... answers. Think about it. A so special what, connection what movie, to the movie. Yeah, what movie was last like month? Like a musical, a musical that I like. So like Newsies? No, these are all movies that came out in the last ten or so years as well. Uh, I was gonna guess the Matrix if he if he was like watching Blade Runner. I, that was my nope. pick. Nope. A movie that I like that's related to La La Land. Yes, very closely be? related to La La Land. Really? That we mentioned a handful of times on the La La Land episode. Easy A. Nope. What the fuck? I don't. I have no idea. Can you give me that one? His number one favorite movie of all time, according to this, is Whiplash. Oh yes, that makes so much sense. Okay, fuck. That was my fault. You gave me a great clue. That was very. So helpful. the other two are by the same director, one of the most popular directors of our time, still making movies. Had a movie come out last year. This Tarantino. Is not one of those two movies. Nope. But he was. A, he's a director that we mentioned on this podcast. Specifically, this one. We we mentioned his movies a couple times on this episode, and including you asked who one guy was, and I said he was in some of these movies. So. Two films by the same director. Damn, I have no idea. I'm just lost here. I was thinking Tarantino, and I got so shook on the fucking... Because, like, Blade Runner's big, not Ridley's... Oh, David Fincher? Is it two Fincher nope. movies? Damn. Nope, but it's, it's close, sort of. Fuck the other guy. Not Fincher, fuck. The one that somebody else... Uh, David Lynch? Uh-uh. Okay, I don't know. Go ahead. Christopher Nolan. Okay, 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 okay. His second and third favorite movies on here are The Prestige and The Dark Knight. Oh, cool. Yeah, The Dark Knight, that's that's cool. I like The so, Dark Knight. Yeah. Thank you, Russ Altmans, for that. Yeah. I didn't tell my Harrison Ford story. What's your Harrison Ford story? That I got to drive Harrison Ford around. Did I ever tell you this story? No, I don't think so. I never told you this story? That I got to, like... Was he, he, come, he came to Avis? No. Okay. 
my dad's friends, like my my parents have a rental car place. One of my dad's friends is a limo driver. Like he like okay. you know has like a personal limo driving company. You know, I lived in Pittsburgh. There was a stint there where they were shooting a lot of movies in Pittsburgh, and one of the first ones that they shot there was um the movie Forty Two, the Jackie Robinson movie. Okay, uh, it was sh- made by Legendary Pictures, same guys that did the Dark Knight, and the Dark Knight was Dark Knight Rises was shot in Pittsburgh. My dad calls me and he's like, my buddy needs you to help him do like limo pickup from the airport and stuff like that. And I was like, that's cool, whatever. And I show up on the plane was Harrison Ford, the dude that owns Panda Express, and Heinz Ward, I think, the football okay. player. Sure. Yeah, so we were like just driving them around and like Oh, they were all together. Yeah, they were like all like as a team and like we took them in different cars, but like I got to chill with Harrison Ford and it was pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, he's fucking huge. He's like really, really tall. Like really, really cool. tall. Yeah, he's like a very large man. And he was like like he's like an old man, but he has like the cool earring and he was just like a really chill, quiet dude and like he was just like we were like you know, we dropped him off at the hotel waiting for them to leave and he's like, I'm gonna go walk around and we're like seriously like we're you know because we're like waiting for him to be like i need a ride somewhere and i'm like you know like like, i'm on like on call like waiting for him and he's like i'm just gonna go fucking walk around i'm like okay cool and he just like had this like indiana jones hat on which was the most badass thing ever so like imagine harrison ford walking around with like his glasses and like this like indiana jones old man hat and he just like walking around and like nobody recognizes him because he's just this old guy with hair like you know what i mean like you'd look at him you'd be like this fucking indiana jones looking motherfucker you know and like but you wouldn't realize (laughs) that it was actually harrison ford so it was like really really cool that's awesome that was my harrison i I don't think you've ever told me that story i I think really remember that so yeah no oh it was cool and then i watched 42 the movie in the theater full of the pittsburgh steelers at the time and we all watched the movie together cool yeah i was just chilling there it was like a rough cut there was like no like score to the movie yet it was like a really really early rough cut and i also saw like the dark knight rises like this too i thought i told you all these stories you don't tell me anything those are my fun stories of the day i got to do all kinds of cool stuff and then i got paid to do it this was like the coolest job ever like i would just like skip school drive around harrison ford and like go watch movies and get paid for like working 12 hours that day it was it was yeah that's awesome insane gig yeah it was really super cool cool. next game we have fire ass titles classic game fire ass titles okay blade runner cool movie name blade runner 2049 has to be named that i think you know it's it's a cool name for what it is but i think we we could improve upon it yes i'm gonna go with joe three jo3 joe3 okay i like it i like it um i'm gonna go with uh wooden horse or Trojans. So there were a lot. There's like a there's a there's a really long trivia thing on IMDb about how there's all these references to the myth of Troy, like the battle at Troy and everything Obviously, about Trojan yeah. horses and everything like that. So there's yeah. a bunch of stuff in here. And one yeah. other thing that actually I didn't mention earlier is that the morning after they have that uh, sex with the hooker, there is the horse on the end table and like the light is shining through and there's some way the, the way that it's reflecting or there's something there that the reflection like the shadow looks like a unicorn. So it's a little bit of a shadow oh. to the first movie. What was the unicorn in the first? movie there's like a scene of a unicorn right the unicorn is the dream that he has that's right that's right that's right that's right joe three and then you did trojans yes or what my next fire ass title is going to be detective gosling future cop Ooh. yeah like not like robocop and not back to the future but future cop i'm gonna say la 2049 Ooh, i like that vegas is dead dead vegas dead vegas Actually, someone, I don't remember who I saw. Somebody that I found on Letterboxd, I think, recently, her Twitter name is Blade Jogger. Blade, instead of Blade Runner, Blade Jogger, which I thought was really oh, funny. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, that's you know, cute. like, I'm a, la- I'm a lazy Blade Runner. I just jog. So, yeah, we'll go with that. Blade Jogger. Mahogany. <laughs> Jared Leto's 
Asian influence. An eye for an eye. Oh, that's that's cool. That's it. Done. Done. You like that Done. one? I like that one a lot. Yeah. Next game, the final game, the final segment on the show, the awards okay. recap, the awards roundup. Us, instead of going through at the end and trying to Ooh, remember what was good right. and what was bad. Uh, I totally forgot about this, but this was a great idea. Good job. So here is, here's what I nominated for off the jump. Best film. Best role. Best Gosling role? Best Gosling role, Yes. Best soundtrack slash score. So we had best soundtrack last week for La La Land, or last month. Uh, I changed it to best soundtrack slash score, so I have this in there as well. I think best non-female goss role for Joy. She's okay. great. I like her a lot. So Ana de Armas. So I also have best love story, best Ryan Gosling love story for Kay and Joy. Kay and Joy, so it's like the three-way? Well, no, he's Kay. Oh, no, well, you have to include the hooker, too, then. It's like the it's the three way. Well, I'm not saying love scene. I'm just saying love story. Yeah, well, he he banks the hooker too. Yeah, but that's like it's it's part of his Fine. relationship with Joy. I'm not including Mackenzie. It's Davis not. Here. She included her. You should include her too. I refuse. I refuse. I added a new category to the awards. I think I think we're gonna get a uh, pretty cool because I know that there's some cool ones coming up. Best Ryan Gosling kill. Ooh, I like that. There's going to be some more Gosling kills? Drive? Which one did you pick? When he drowns love in the car at the end. When they're, like, the, the car is flooding and he like holds her underwater till she dies. Oh, yeah. I think that's all I have. Is there anything else? Oh, and I also added a category for best cinematography. I added this and I also put La La Land in there too. Because we, we mentioned last month how beautiful that movie was to look at. This again. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie, yeah. Yep. Okay, I, I, can, I can get down with both of these. Any other categories, anything else good or bad about this movie that you think that you want to recognize it for? You know, whatever these award show is going to be called. Maybe we have like the Myth of Troy, sort of, you know, this ancient story sort of thing, especially yeah. with fabrics and materials. Maybe the Golden Fleece? There's a possibility. Of the name of them? Yeah. Nah, we'll get better than that. Maybe the Golden Hammers as a shout-out. I like the Golden Fleece. You know what? Now that you said it, Golden Fleece, that's material. That's That's what I'm saying. boyfriend material. That could be a boyfriend material. That's why I said it. I I got it now. Took me a minute. (laughs) That could be a boyfriend material. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, let me me sit on it. If you have a suggestion for name of the award show that's going to come in fucking six years, send an email that we won't remember. Boyfriend material at cageclub.me. And also, what else? So, what else do you want people to send in pictures of cereal? That's all. Your favorite cereals. One, tell, right? tell me your favorite cereal. Jenny sent in the chocolate Lucky Charms, which I'm gonna have to get and report back to. Cereals that I've purchased in the past week were Honey Nut Cheerios. I like my old man cereals a lot, and that's just like just enough sweetness to remind you that I'm not that old yet. Also, so, Honey Nut Cheerios. Shout out to the Wire. Avon Barksdale. In this movie, that's all. Honey Nut Cheerios, loved by Omar. Did you get the Honey Nut? We love the Wire. I love the Wire. Any other any other awards you want to nominate this for? Or are we good as it is? No, that was about it. I mean, it's it's great. I think it's pretty good all around. I, I think that this is going to be a really highly. I'm excited to see how it does with the Oscars. Now that you said it, kind of like bombed, so I'm I'm worried about it. But I think that it should be nominated for like cinematography and stuff. It's fucking beautiful. So yep, score, costume, set design, all that sort of stuff. I think you know it's it's all the technical awards. I think maybe music stuff like that deserves it whether it's going to get it Definitely. or not we will find out on tuesday yes the last thing that joe and i recorded was our magic mike's episode of war of the worlds a film in which channing tatum is not in but the episode was fun yeah i selected two episodes deep into magic mike's and we channing recorded it live too we so record it live 
Check the that next out. thing we're recording, we're also going to record live. Are the we? next thing we're recording is Too Fast, Too Forever, Tokyo Drift. Yeah, because I'm coming up we're next We're recording week. it live? Yeah, because I'm coming up next week for the comedy show. And so I'm going to come up on Thursday night. That's we're going to record it after right. I get there. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm down, dude. That's fucking awesome. I am so down. So yeah, the next thing we're recording is Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift for our Too Fast, Too Forever podcast. So go check that out. Definitely listen to that one. That's my favorite, Fast and Furious. Joe and I were talking about how it feels weird that this is essentially the sixth new podcast we've done because we're doing you know two months of three shows each but this is only the second time we've done this it just feels like we've been going at this forever because we recorded the fast and furious the first fast and furious way back in like november 20th you know like like two months ago yeah that's and right because like, well, we had all the one. thanksgiving shit coming up and stuff so yeah it felt like it was a long time in between boyfriend materials but i'm glad we're back on track Boyfriend so. material. Boyfriend material. So any other last thoughts about Blade Runner? You think we're good? We're going to come back next month for Song to Song, a film in which Ryan Gosling is going to have sex with a groupie and then kick her in the thigh out of her tour bus. Yes. Well, he writes a song for her first, and it's kind of romantic, yeah. but it's also a rock song, so it's like, it's essentially like pour some sugar on me, but okay, like, cool. some, like more sweet. Like sweet like Chocolate Lucky Charms? It's kind of like Kisses Beth, you know what I mean? It's going to be something more like <laughs> that. Okay. Yeah, that's what what is what's so funny about that. Nothing. Beth is one of my favorite songs of all time. But any other last thoughts about Blade Runner or are no, we we good? No, absolutely not. I'm done. I'm cool. done. So for all things Boyfriend Material, both episodes so far and everything else coming up, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter. Make sure you check out all four of Joe and Mai's podcasts, Magic Mike's Do It Boyfriend Material do it. Too Fast Too Forever, Zack Attack. Go check them all out. You can listen to every episode for free. Anywhere you get podcasts for or at cageclub.me. All of them. Cheaper than Tide Pods. Email us. Boyfriendmaterial at cageclub.me. Yes. Send us cereal pictures. Send us Goss and the Laws. Send rank our fire ass titles. Cereal. Send Whatever us... you want to do. Yes. We'll read it verbatim on Hot air. Hot cereals like oatmeal and grits. I love the mailbag segment because it's the one part of the show. Not that this is work to do the show, but it's the one part of the show where I'm just like, oh, I can just read something and we can react to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, at cageclubpod on Twitter, boyfriend material at cageclub.me. I'm Joey Lewandowski. Do you feel that? Oh. I'm Joe, too. Sorry. Is that Gore-Tex? No, that's boyfriend material. And we'll see you next time on Boyfriend Material. <laughs> I'm not a robot without emotions. I'm not what you see